Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. That's cradle at jewishprophet.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that... Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. We're going to finish up uh, uh, this morning on this thing that we've called Touch Not the Profane, Defilement. And I want you to turn with me in Ezekiel 36. And we are going to uh, start in the 16th verse, Ezekiel 36, 16. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, 
When the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way and by their doings. Their way was before me as uncleanliness as a removed woman. Wherefore I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land, and for their idols wherewith they had polluted it. And I scattered them among the heathen, and they were dispersed through the countries, that's, that's us, Ephraim, according to their way and according to their doings, I judged them. And when they entered into the heathen, whether they went, they profaned my holy name. When they said to them, These are the people of the Lord and are, are gone forth out of his land. But I had pity for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whether they went. Now, house of Israel. See, again, after, after uh, bless God, uh, Solomon, uh, Jeroboam, Rehoboam, the, the northern and the southern kingdoms, bless God, uh, the, the northern kingdom. See, the southern kingdom has always been called the house of Judah. From that point, when, when all that split came, when God said, I'm going to rent the kingdom in half, it, the southern part, it, uh, Jerusalem, and that area was called the house of Judah. The tribes that went north, us, we were called the house of Israel, we were called the house of Joseph, and the house of Ephraim. Okay, so here he's talking about us, and he said, "Which the house of Ephraim have provoked among the teethem, whether they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord, God, I, uh, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whether ye went. And, and I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them, and, and hearken, and, 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 I'm sorry, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall sanctify in you before their eyes. Sanctification. Hello. Okay, that's what's going on. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries, will bring you into your own land. Now, of course, that, that again, that's exactly, that's exactly where we are, we're headed. Now, I, I, I love this because as it comes here, well, let's go on, uh, 25. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean for all your filthiness and from all your idols, of which uh, will I uh, cleanse you. Now, when he said, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, he's talking about what? A new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and, and, and you shall keep my commandments and do them, or my judgments and do them. Who's he talking about? The house of Israel, Ephraim, us, today. Is that what he's doing there right now? Exactly what he's doing. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Well, now Israel had been scattered. The house of Israel, the house of Ephraim, the house of, uh, of, of, of Joseph had been scattered to the four corners of the earth. But he says here, he says what? He said, I, I will give you, uh, I, I will bring you back into, the, into, into your land. And he said, I'm, I'm going to put you that. You'll dwell in the land, and I will give you your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will also save you from all of your uncleanliness. Now, this is the exciting part of this. He said, I will save you from all of your uncleanliness. I will, I will bring you out from profaning my holy word. You will not, you will not be unclean. Now, how's he going to do that? Through teaching us, all right? He said, he said uh, and I will call for the corn and increase it and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field and receive no more reproach of the famine among the heathen. Then shall you remember your own evil ways and your doings and, and, and were not good and all loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations. Isn't that what we're doing right now? How could I have been so stupid not to keep Shabbat? How could I be so... What? How come I... Why didn't I study this stuff? Now, let me, let me try to help you with all that condemnation. Forget it. The reason to forget it is it's God's timing. Now, you've heard me minister, if you've been around me, that there was two blindings. God blinded the southern kingdom of Judah 
And, and we all know, the church all knows, we have them dummies don't even know that he's, that he's the Mashiach, that Yeshua is Messiah. But he also blinded the northern end. And the way we got blinded, we got blinded from the law. We received, we received Yeshua as Mashiach, but bless God, we're looking over there and going, we've been, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. You dummies, okay? And, and, and you know, you get into the scriptures where we found out that Ephraim was a cake half-turned or half-baked, I mean. And we begin to understand that, bless God, that, that, uh, we're the ones that have been just as duped on this side as they have been duped on the other side. Now, now, brothers and sisters, and this is what God is saying. He says, you know, here, he says, he says, I, he said, I, your iniquities and your abominations, not for your own sakes do I this, saith the Lord. Be it known unto you, be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Now, I just love the way that, that God does something. He says, Thus saith the Lord God, in, in the day that I have, shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also call you to dwell in the cities, and the waste, uh, uh, waste shall be builded. And the desolate land shall be tilled, wherein it is laid desolate in the sight of all that passes by. And they shall say, This land that was desolate is become like a garden of Eden, and the waste of the desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I, I the Lord, built the ruined places, planted and with desolate, and the Lord has spoken it, and I will do it. Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a, like a flock, as the holy flock, as the flock of, of Jerusalem in her solemn feast. So shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am the Lord God. Now, let me ask you something. When about 60 million of us get back home, aren't the, the waste cities going to be populated? Aren't those areas out there that no one's ever tilled, are they not going to flourish and begin to bloom? Are not the heathen of the land going to go, wow? That's us. Did he not say that he would forgive our iniquity? See, God has held somewhat against Ephraim. If you study this thing, and I have uh, gave you a lot of it, probably haven't gone into, into real details. We probably will one of these days. But the fact of it is uh, that, that that entirety, you're talking about the sins of our fathers. We have been paying for the sins of what took place in the northern kingdom when they chose their own priests out from under the Levites when they decided to have the feast days on other dates than what Jerusalem was having them, on the other end. And finally, it just got to the place where God had about all he wanted of it. He said, that's it. And he said, I'm going to disperse you to the four corners of the earth. You'll be hunted down and killed everywhere you go. He said, I will be there, and your iniquity will overtake you. But he says, there will come a time when I will forgive you for your iniquities. The iniquities that he's talking about is the abomination that we have become of not keeping the place of the covenant. See, the problem that we really have is when all of Israel stood there before uh, the mount and Moses, and Moses read the, 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 the bless God, the commandments and the, and, the, and the statutes and the judgments, and, and the, all of Israel. Now listen, our ancestors were there, and they said, Amen! So shall it be, and we'll keep it. You know what that did for us? <laughs> yeah, you bet you. It bring that thing down around us like a ton of bricks. Oh, Ephraim would be religious people. Look at the church. Are we not religious? Yes. But we never had it because we were blinded from it, and now, bless God, what's God saying? The promise is, He says, you're going to get back you're going to get away from the abominations. You're going to do things right, and I'm going to bring you home, and we're about to put on a show, meaning the Lord God and us, that's going to turn the heads of this world. Can you imagine doing anything in your lifetime that would make such an impact that the entire world would see it? That's what we're about to do. That's what we're about to do, is make an impact that the whole world is about to see. How could that be? Where are they coming from? What is this? 
And then we're going to get a chance to stand on international satellites and say, we're the lost tribes of Israel that's come home. The Lord God has forgiven us our iniquities and our abominations. And we now will fill the waste places and the land will flourish and bloom. And Judah will go, where's that at? (laughs) And I'll say, right here in the book, brothers, we are the ones that God said that he would bring back to the land. You're the ones that he chose to come back in 48 to shed your blood so there would be the land. We must thank Judah. Because Judah's been there, filled his blood, so you and I will walk back into the waste places of God's iniquity. So, uh, and what's really, you know, for me as a prophet, that is so exciting because it, it, that has been fulfilled in your ears even this day. How often did these old prophets, even there as Ezekiel wrote this stuff, he had no idea in this world about this generation. He didn't have it. He didn't know whether that was going to happen next week or next month or next year or, or a thousand years from then. But he only prophesied what God told him. See, you don't see any dates on there, do you? See, that's the reason I'm saying these idiots that are out here telling you, well, this year we're going to have the earthquake, we're going to have this, we're going to have that. Don't listen to that. The prophets prophesy they didn't know. I don't know. But God knows. The key, what I see is always that carrot thing with God. See, we now have been given great revelation. One of probably, you know, I'm, I'm throwing a number out there, probably one of the three greatest revelations that has ever been given by God to mankind. We got a hold of one. We know that, bless God, that we are about to enter in and are entering into something here that is so awesome and is so big that no one person, no one small group of people is, is, is what this is about. It's about millions. It's about doing something for God and, 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 and not for us individually. It's like I said, as Thomas Jefferson and the boys pledged their lives, their integrity, and their money, that's what we are going to have to do. As unto Ephraim. We're going to have to understand that this thing, there has to be, and there's going to be sacrifices that's going to have to be made. We're going to have to bring ourselves to understand. But you see, uh, that the end result of this thing, and I think I said maybe on Friday evening, and it bears to be, uh, need to be said again, the end result of this thing, when, when we're going to really be getting close, and I, and I just use these numbers, I don't know, maybe a year, maybe two years, or maybe, maybe five years, is going to be when, when we have come together and we are in such unity that, bless God, and I said uh, with, the, with the fellows here this morning for a few minutes, I said, it's kind of like the old three musketeers, one for all and all for one. That what's yours is mine and what's mine is, 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 is yours. That, that, that the, it will be brought and it will be laid at the feet of the ministry and, and the ministry will distribute it to those as, as that have the needs. And, and, and folks, no other time in history besides what they did in the book of Acts until this day has come has that been performed. We are going to fulfill. You know, I've heard preachers in the beginning say, we're going to write the end of the book of Acts. Well, they had no idea. Put the amen, I'm sorry, in the end of it. They had no idea what they were saying. They were right. But I know today, and hopefully you know today, what that end is. You're looking at us. We are going to go back, and we're going to once again activate. We're going to step right back into this Bible where at the end of the last chapter of Acts, and then we're going to bring it forward because we are going to fulfill what they, they began. On Shabbat, on Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came down like a mighty Russian wind and set upon them as cloven tongues of fire. Uh, that folks, the, 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 the thing that excites me, and I've got two ladies in the room here that, that have heard me say that, bless God, that there'll come the time when we will, uh, bless God and Pesach, we will bring the water 
and 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 pray, and it will turn to wine. There will be the time when once again that we will begin to the dominion will come, and we'll begin to light the incense and pray, and the foundations and church will 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 will, will shake. You say, but, but 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 prophet, that's just yes, it is. It's supernatural. But what happened here last night was supernatural. It is a taste of the things that we can accomplish. And that's just the way God does things. God wants to bring us to the place. For, and there again, there's that, there's that carrot thing. Okay, boys and girls, you want more? And we're going, yeah, I'll take some more. What do I need to do, Lord? I'll do anything. Listen to me closely for those and most of you that's in this room. He's got us. He's got us. Hey, blow in my ear, Lord. I'll go anywhere you want me to go. You know what I'm saying? Man. What lies ahead, brothers and sisters? If they were to, if they were to able to go back, and they won't, but it will be written in the annals of the generations of time itself in the kingdom of what this, the end, the remnant, what we did is going to absolutely coincide and even what be greater than what was written in the book of Acts. Because the Lord God Yeshua said, all that I have done, what they did in the book of Acts, listen to me, was what he did. We're the ones that's going to do the greater works than he did. What could that possibly be? I don't know, but blow my ear, Lord, I'll come find out. Okay? And so will you. Huh? Some of you came here for the first time at the portal. You came and you you met me somehow by radio, or you met me, bless God, in some of the cities that I went into, and, and you, you, you came and you thought, well, let's go see what goes on there. And you haven't missed one yet. Why? You can't get this anywhere else. Folks, I know. I, I'm a preacher, and I'm not, I'm not biased about myself. I'm real biased about the anointing of God. And I know. Some of you guys and gals have been to what is supposed to be the big meetings, right? Where those millionaire preachers with their own jet airplanes and four or five mansions spread across the world, and they would give their right arm to have just a section over here of what happened here last night. I had a man one time that, that blessed God, that uh, ministered elbow to elbow with, with Kenneth Copeland. I got to be very good friends with him at one time. And he said to me, he said, if Kenneth Copeland had one hint of anointing that's in your life, he said that man would be known by every household in the face of this earth, and he would, he would, he would, it would explode. He said, you have what they want and what they brag about having and don't have. And see, and I, I looked at it and I said, well, I don't know. See, you, you can't really gauge where you walk at with God. See, it's like when I first got involved, I thought everybody had angels show up. Because that's what was going on there. I thought, well, God's no respecter person. And then I, then I began to realize, then I tell, say, well, the angel says that, and they go, yeah, well, sure. I just got where I shut my mouth. I mean, I really didn't start talking about that until here just a, maybe a couple of years back or a year and a half or so ago, about those angels. Why? Because, bless God, no one wanted to believe anything like that. And then I just ended up being, let it happen, Captain, you know? Let's, let's, go, to, uh, I, I, let's go to one of my favorite uh, things here in Deuteronomy uh, 28. Uh, and we're not going to take the time to go through this. I think we did, though. I, 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 if I'm not mistaken, I think we went all the way through this when we uh, did the thing on the Everlasting Covenant. But uh, the thing that I, I want to point out here so that you'll understand defilement is that, bless God, that, that in the first, uh, uh, what, the first 14 verses of this is talking about if, in fact, you don't defile. And that's just simply the best way to put it. If you don't defile God, if, in fact, and I love to read these first two verses, it says, And it shall come to pass that thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do, all his commandments which I command you this day, that I, the Lord God, will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. 
and all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And then he begins to talk about all these things. And literally, in these next verses down to, uh, uh, and including the verse 14, is literally the fact that there is nothing that you can do, nothing that you can say that God isn't going to bless. You're not going to be sick. You're not going to be blind. You're not going to be halt. You're not going to be, uh, you know, everything. The, the cattle's going to, the land's going to, everything. Now, that's where we want to live, okay? Now, the neat thing about God is that, now, starting in 14 then, all the way through 68, and what I love about it, it took a whole lot more verses to explain what was going to happen if, in fact, we defiled that than it took to tell us what was going to happen in just a few words in those those verses that he gave us. In other words, you could literally, after you read those first 14 verses, you go, wow. There's nothing I, I there's nothing that will hunt me down and overtake me. I, I no matter where I go, what I do, everything I touch. Now somehow the church has tried to convince us that that's where we live because we got Jesus. Come on. And you know they weren't even close, because that's when I started going around and saying, you'll find everything on Sunday morning. From verse 15 to 68, sitting next to you in every church in the world. And folks, that that was the thing that that I began to realize that I could that I bless God could take that argument to the church and find Ephraim with, and it's worked. That, as a matter of fact, the challenges that I that I have given to the church has found you, because you said, "Hey, the guy's right." God didn't give a didn't change the Sabbath. God never gave us Easter, huh? Bless God, uh, the guy's right. The king is naked. He's wretched. He's sick. And bless God, as I said, it, 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 it's not going to change because the machine's too big called the church. But that's not what God wanted us to change the church. He wanted us to come out from the church. He wanted us to become a gazing stock, and we are becoming that. A laughing stock, and we will be that to this nation and even to the world. But in the end, it will be us. That we'll be climbing off the airplanes and off the boats and off of whatever it is. And it will be them that will be standing there going, the land is beginning to flourish. You know, some of these guys are, uh, that, that want to be prophets or they're in the prophetic word, they, you know, they started talking back in the 80s how the land was blossoming in Israel. That's not at all what those verses mean. The blossom of the land in Israel comes when God brings home his children of the tribes that he calls the house of Ephraim. That's when the land will blossom. That's when the waste places will be filled. Why? Can you imagine? You're not just going to hide 50, 60 million people somewhere, folks. I'm sorry. We're going to have the, one, we're going to have the biggest commune that the world has ever seen. Now, that in itself is going to cause talk, right? <laughs> you know, you don't know anybody until you live next door to them, right? <laughs> Years ago, somebody came to me and said, You know, Prophet, I feel God's telling me that we're supposed to have our own commune, commune here in, in this area. I said, I don't want to be living anywhere next to about half of these people. The guy's eyes got big, and he said, really? And I said, I'm talking, really? Oh. I didn't need that in my life. <laughs> but, it, but, but you see, the neat thing about all this is it's going to happen. Everything that we have done up until this point in time has just, blessed God, been doing what? We've just been treading waters, they say. Some of us have been in churches. Some of us have been, blessed God, in fellowship. Some of us, bless God, we've done that. And now all of a sudden, you know, you go, wow. There is more. It's all in the book more, and I can't wait to be part of that. And neither can I. I can't wait. I just, you know, when I, when I really think about this and I get to thinking, dear God in heaven, 
we are going to fulfill. And that's what you always hear me talk about. Let me tell you something about Ezekiel and the boys. When we get there, they're going to sit down and say, oh my, you guys really got to see it, didn't you? Yeah, as a matter of fact, Ezekiel, we fulfilled what God gave you. We fulfilled that. And you know what they're going to say? And you won't think that it won't astonish you then because you will be like unto the Lord Himself and know all things. But you see, they will be going, really? See, we just prophesied. Nobody said we had to understand it. We just prophesied. And as we prophesied, then the Lord God is what? Then He has an opportunity because it's been prophesied. Now let me tell you something about prophets. Because prophets are highly anointed of God, that the words that they speak, they also are spirit and life, and they plant themselves into the people and into the earth. That's the reason that 20 years, over 20 years ago now, when the, when the, the angel came and said, blow the shofar and scream, uh, uh, Ephraim, come home, and I walked back in, and he said, now it's been planted and it can be done. And here we, 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 you know, we have begun. Oh, it doesn't look like a big beginning, but it will. Give it time. Okay? Time is on our side. Huh? Time is on our side. Well, uh, so anyway, and, and then after you start back through those 15, from 15 back to 68, he begins to explain to us, if you defile my commandments, if you defile the law, then these are the things that are going to happen to you. You're going to be sick. You're going to be broke. Your families are going to be messes. Bless God, you're going to be blind. You're going to be dim of eyes, weak of muscles. Uh, it goes on, it goes on, it goes on. Isn't that what we became? And yet, as I have given you the hope this weekend of God's Scripture, saying that if we will get into this and get away from defilement, now listen, now listen to me, when we go back to Israel, and this is a reason preparation has to be done, and we have to make this our life now. Now listen to me, there will be no sick among us. Woo! I'm for that one. There will be no sick among us. It's the promise of the Word. I'm not up here just jacking my gums up and down. God said, now you've seen what God has done to the point where we have begun to honor the things that God has said in His Word and through this prophet, and you like it. Let's go just a little bit deeper. Now just step on out in the water and get a little bit deeper. And you're going to like it. And you're going to take another step and you're going to get a little bit deeper. And you're going to like that. Then people in your neighborhoods are going to start saying, let's go over here to the Joneses and see if they'll pray for us. You know, that they're not sick. The bird flu comes through. They, nothing happened to them. Why? We're the children of the Most High. We don't have to die with them. If we'll come out from among them, touch not the unclean thing, the Lord God said, I will come, cleanse you. And that's the cleansing process which God is doing in all of us today. That's a, see, and I just love it, folks, because, I, you know, I knew when God set me down after I had fasted and prayed, and He said, this movement you have to do and be careful. You have to bring, in other words, I'm bringing you from one glory to the next glory, to this glory, to get to that glory. And every step we take, there's another step to be taken. We took a step here last night. We took a step. The next quarterly, we're going to take another step. Because every one of these have done that. Well, the first one was just fine. But it wasn't what last night was. Last month, last quarterly was I thought about as good as we could expect ever, and probably at that point it was. But it wasn't like last night. What's God going to do? And you know what's going to keep us all going till the next quarterly? What's God going to do this next quarterly? That's a long way to go, but I'm going, huh? There isn't a team of wild horses going to keep me away from that because I'm going to. We're moving up. We're taking a step. I want to be in that step. Why? Because I'm going to be there when 
my feet step on the land of Israel. And I get down and kiss the land of Israel. Say I'm home. It's been a journey, but I'm home. One day, at the end of the Seder that we'll have next quarter, the same that we as Jews have said for centuries, next year in Jerusalem, we will fulfill. One day, there will not be a plate set for Elijah. Because Elijah's amongst you. They always set that plate at the head of the table for Elijah. They always send the youngest in the, in the room to the door to see if Elijah is coming in. And I speak to you as the prophet. Elijah has come. That day, the fulfillment of that will be in this generation, this time. Precious is the things of God. Precious are the things of God. So much for for defilement. No. Let's go to let's go to Jeremiah five and let me uh, I want to be sure I get through all this because I don't want you I don't want to have to email you and give you the rest of it, okay? You probably know I'm not real good at the email thing. Hallelujah. Thank you, sweet Jesus. These anointed handkerchiefs, by the way, will be up here on the stage when I'm done. If you want one, come and get it. Please don't take two until everybody's got a chance to get whatever I've got. And if there's anything left, you're welcome to. Got that announcement in, didn't I? Okay, the fifth chapter of the 19th verse. And it says, And it shall come to pass when ye, when ye shall say, Wherefore doth the Lord our God all these things unto us? Then shall thou answer them, Like as ye have forsaken me, and serve strange gods in your land, so shall ye serve strangers in the land that is not yours. Okay? Oh, boy. Our forefathers was nice and ugly to us. Declare this in the house of Jacob, and publish it in Judah, saying, both, both, both houses. Hear now this, O foolish people, and without understanding, which have eyes and see not, which have ears and hear not. Fear ye not me, saith the Lord. Will ye not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual degree, that it cannot pass it. And though the waves therefore toss themselves, yet can they not prevail. Though they roar, yet can they not pass over it. But this people hath a, a revolting and a rebellious heart. They are re revolted and, and gone. Neither say they in their heart, Let us now fear the Lord our God that giveth rain, both the former and the latter, in his season. He reserveth unto us the appointed weeks of the harvest. See, we, 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 don't, uh, we, we don't even consider the fact that it's God that brings the rain on this earth that lets us eat. We don't do that anymore. Why? Because we go down to the local uh, uh, A&P store, whatever you, grocery stores that you call them where you're from. We, we, well, it's just there. And yet this prophet has prophesied that there will come a day in the United States of America that you'll watch your children die in the streets of starvation. Why? Because God can shut the rain off. Now, look real close to what's taking place that I prophesied over here in the southeast. Now, that, that you know, they're trying to recover from that. But, I, see, I'm, I'm just, is again, these are the death pain of all this. The death rattle of all this thing. People don't understand. God can shut it off just that quick. The blessings become curses just that quick because we have defiled the things of God. And yet we are so proud and so boastful and saying, oh, we're Christians and the blood of Jesus will take care of every problem we have. Hallelujah. And we're sick and we're wretched and we're poor. And we're naked and don't even know it. You know, when you when you minister like I do by these anointings, I'm always saying to the Lord, Lord, I wish that you would just penetrate <laughs> the hearts of all the church people one time and let them question 
the church. God's not going to do that. Okay? Why? It's, it's choice. You had to choose to be here. You had to choose, in some of your cases, the choice that you made was contrary to your friends, family, or neighbors. But be careful. That's the occult. Well, if it is, give me a whole bunch of it. Okay? It's not. Okay? I didn't mean it that way. But the fact, the fact is that you have to make those choices. You made choices. Okay? You made choices. Now you're just you, see, and, and now if you back all this up, you, you can you can you can get a flash back as to the way that my life with God has been. You know, I I, I go somewhere and preach, and, and and they'd say, well, you know, we love the anointing, we love the gifts, but boy, the things that you say, Brother Deckard, if you just pipe it down a bit, and I think, don't be an idiot, Deckard, pipe it down a bit. I'm young, foolish, and real stupid. And bless God, I go the next time, and I, you know, the Spirit of God would be unctioned me to say it. And I would powder puff it over. Then the service would come to the, to, to the, the, the needs of the people, and guess what happened? Nothing. And then I'd go home and sit under the juniper tree and pout. Well, what happened? The angel came to me finally and said unto me, you do what you've been told to do. Nothing more, nothing less. You were never set on this earth to please all the people. You are a prophet of God and you are his instrument. The reason the people are not being healed and the miracles and the deliverances aren't coming is because you are walking outside of what you're to do. Just do what you're told to do. Boy, that next time I went to the next church, and I'm going to tell you, I went in there and I unloaded the cannon. The pastor, I looked back at him, he had turned white, he had turned red, got real nervous. When it was over, the wheelchair victims got up and walked. The sick was cleansed. And as I walked out the door, of that church that day, the angel of God spoke to me and he said, now you understand. See, you, there's no trade-off. You can't, you can't trade off to let the world or the church enjoy you. But God, uh, as ministry, we don't trade off. And see, that's what gets into these denominations because you've got to trade off because, listen, you don't preach and teach Jezebel's doctrine they will give you the right foot of fellowship. And those of you that are preachers in this room, you know that's right. So what we have to do is what? We have to make up our mind. See, I, I don't know any other way than to live the way I live, and it's called to live by faith. Okay? I don't know from one week to the next whether it's going to be $5, 50 cents, what there's going to be that's going to come. I come here. There's no guarantees. You're not, you're not, you're not, you'll never be able to say, well, Brother Decker beat us and made us give money. You'll never be able to say that about this prophet. Because that's not who I am. You're not who I depend upon. God gives you an opportunity to be blessed because you're given to his anointed vessel. That's up to you again. What is it? It's choice. You choose. I had to choose. I had to choose to, 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 to just to please God. And, and start learning how to walk out from under the defiling things that were hindering me so I could get that close enough to God. Listen to me. So we could be at the place we have come to now with this group. You said, well, thank you, prophet. You're very welcome. And I'm saying, thank you, congregation, because you're adhering to what's being taught. And we together can make a difference in this thing. And that's the reason I said one person. One small group, it, that's not, that's just not gonna, that's not gonna get it. That's the reason each of you in this room, when you, and I'm serious, when you get wherever you're going tonight, I want you, before you go to bed, and I hope you pray before you go to sleep, I want you just to be in prayer about the fact of the instrument that you're gonna have. See, it's gonna take all of us 
ministering in the ways in which God has set us into this thing in order to meet the needs of what's coming in and what we're going to have come in. You say, well, I don't think God can use you. Honey, you have no idea what God's going to do with you. You're not going to get around this prophet and just sit around and coast. Hmm? You say, well, I don't know. I'm going to tell you something. And we're going to, we're going to, I keep, I keep threatening you, but we are going to get into the gifts, okay? I'm going to get into the, where I'm going to be pouring the oil and laying on hands to stir up gifts within you because I want, it's important. You see, I can't get to your neighbor's house. You can. Okay? And when you get to that neighbor's house and lay hands on them kids or on somebody there that's dying or something's going on and God raises them up, do you know what that means? That's another mark for God. I can teach you to work the works of God. I can teach you. The portions of this anointing that's in this prophet, you can obtain. All right? You may be pulling my teeth for some of you, but bless God, you can attain them, all right? It, in other words, it, it can, and, and bless God, it will. It, it will happen. Now, in the 25th verse, it says, Your iniquities have turned away these things, and your sins have withholden good things from you. Now, isn't that something? It's our sins that have turned away, the, and your, our sins have withholden the good things. Is, is health a good thing? Yeah. Prosperity a good thing? Yes. Sound mind? Yes. These are good things. But our sins have held this from us. Now, wouldn't it be nice if the, if the churches, domina, uh, the denominational and otherwise, was just preaching and teaching that concept? But you've never been taught these concepts because, again, we're New Testament. Hallelujah. We don't need no Hallelujah. All i got to do is say, forgive me, Jesus. He goes to the Father and, hey, I'm in good shape. I can go back out here and sin the same sin 5,622 more times, at least. No, you can't. Let me tell you, as the prophet I am, the Scripture in which Yeshua said, after he healed that person, go and sin no more, least a worse thing come upon you. Did he think we should be holy? Oh, just a little bit. Oh, least a worse thing. You never hear that preached, do you? No, no, no. You don't hear... You know, listen, let me tell you something. Those congregations that's got them big million-dollar structures or now 20 $30 million structures, they got to pay for those buildings. They're not going to step on your toes. They're trying to keep you in the chairs and the seats and the pews so you can get the money and the plates so they can pay for all that. That's the reason I said that's the, the only kingdom most of them is ever going to know, so they might as well enjoy them, okay, because they're going to burn. That's not what, that's not what this church... And these structures is not what this thing is about. It's not got anything to do with, oh, we're successful because we got 20,000 people that attend our church. You may have 20,000 people that's going to end up in hell. And it will, that blood will be upon the ministry. But the, but the, but the fact of it is, is a blessed God that, that, that they don't preach. See, they don't preach. Oh, I know. I go into churches and I start preaching on sin and I get done. And I'm going to tell you what. And, and maybe I was, and, <laughs> if, you, if I was really, smart, I would have saved that to the last message. But no, no, God said, you preach this, and I'd go in there, and no, I mean, I'd lay it out there, and he'd get done, and that's when they'd come and knock on the door at the hotel. And what I always loved about it, nobody had the nerve to just want them to come. I don't know where they thought I was going to poke somebody in the nose or, or grab them and throw them in the closet. I, I don't But the knock would come at the door, and I knew. I'd go open the door, and there they were. And sometimes there was two, three, four, five of them. And one of them had a check in an envelope. Said, uh, <clears throat> Brother Decker, we won't be needing your services anymore. And I said, but, 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 but I was to be here two weeks. Well, uh, the board, the board met. Yep, the Sanhedrin had got together. Okay. <laughs> like I said, I've had one more one night stands probably any preacher on the face of this earth. That's why they couldn't stand to have to face their own sin. 
and yet at the same time facing your sin. Now, see, that's what we did. Every person, I, I, I'm assuming, in this room came down here front last night and got delivered from that sin, that one, uh, one sin, what, they, what you deemed to be the sin that was really, really tough for you. But see, they don't want, they don't want people. Oh, Brother Decker, that brings condemnation. No, no, that brings deliverance. That brings freedom. That, that, that brings you in a place where you can go forward with God and you can receive more from God than you've ever received. That's what it brings. But no, no, we want to do this thing where the, where the, where, you know, where the, the gold dust is falling down out of the, the whatever and, and laying on the floor laughing. And Come on, folks. I used to sit and cry. I think, God, it's come to this. How, how, could, it, how, how, how could it come to this? How could we got to the place where this isn't any more than to get entertainment for people? You go to churches, and the big thing in the church is the band. I've been in churches where the band has two hours, hour and a half, two hours of music. The preacher gets 15 minutes. I've been in that and, and, get, and sitting there getting ready to preach, folks. I'm going to tell you something. I can't even, in 15 minutes, I can't hardly stutter um, as much as I stutter. I can't hardly get the open scripture taken care of. And get there and, and they're not telling me. I'm just, you know, they didn't tell me. I just assumed I was going to have the liberty when the authority was given to me in the pulpit to do what God was telling me. You know, I, I, I would try. Most, most church people aren't used to sitting about an hour. In some cases, that's about 45 minutes longer than they want to be there. And the pastor will come up and say, now, 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 now Brother Decker, did I fail to tell you you have 15 minutes to do everything you want to do? But I would like to tell them, I'm not failing to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my Bible and walk out that door and go home. But the anointing to them is the music. Now, now, folks, I, I, and it isn't because, again, as I said, that I don't think we should have music. I, music, and I've been accused of it. Well, Brother Decker, you just think you just don't have music. If, if I was to stand up here and try to sing, okay, you all would wait on the outside and drink coffee until we got the service going anyway. Please. Okay? Now, I have, in the past, had to make this statement to numbers of God's musicians that, as a matter of fact, it sounded pretty. It sounded professional. There was no anointing. And I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting for my turn, and it goes on, it goes on, it goes on. And finally, Pastor calls me to the Bema, and he makes a fatal mistake. He says to me, Prophet Deckard, what do you think about our praise and our worship? He asked, I didn't. Now, my lovely wife up here can tell you that this is exactly what I have told someone. Well, Pastor, I could eat a can of pork and beans. I could take a wooden spoon, and I could take a tin pan and beat on it and make loud sounds from my lower end posterior and have more anointing that happened here tonight. Well, Prophet, you're a little crude. No, I'm a lot crude. I'm a redneck. I live down here in the corn patch. We ain't real fancy down here. You got nowhere in Fairfield to go sit down and have have a, a sterling silver and crystal when you eat, okay? The first time I ever in my life had a steak. I'm 16 years old. I'm living at that point. My folks had moved to Denver, Colorado. Actually, Aurora, the eastern suburb, but and and so this girl that had invited me to her home said, oh, we're having steak tonight. And her parents had both graduated from well, some Hartford, uh, some big college back east. And they were very proper. In fact, you had to, uh, they had two sons, two daughters, 
and everybody dressed. The, the men wore coats and ties to the dinner table. So I was told that if I would come, I need to wear I need to wear a coat and a tie. And and so I said to my mom, "Go see. We only had a fork, and sometimes there'd be a knife and a spoon, but usually it's a fork because that's what you you know." And so I I said to my mother, I said, "These people are really proper people." And I said, "Boy, I don't want to go over and make a fool of myself." And she said, "Ah, it's simple." And so she began to tell me, you know, you start on the outside. Well, actually, she said, "Listen, just do everything they do." She said, wait and let them start, and then you just kind of, you know, and then you do. Nothing to it. Started out with a salad, and sure enough, they took a salad. But then they had the napkin already. Had the salad. Oh, that was delicious. Thank you. All this. Here comes the steak. Now, remember, this, this boy's 16 years old and never tasted a steak. He laid that thing on my a big old T-bone in my plate. I'm looking at that, and I'm going. Now, the thing that I didn't practice was taking the fork and that steak knife. You know? Now, I have on a white shirt. <laughs> I have a tie, and I had a pale yellow sports jacket. <laughs> now, girls, back in that day, I had hair. And so I watched them take that fork and jam it down into that meat and take that knife and saw. I took mine, jammed it down there, and I went to sawing, and that sucker jumped off that plate onto my shirt. Not just the piece I was cutting, the whole steak. I didn't look up. I grabbed that sucker, slapped it up there, and went... And I bet those people still laugh today. <laughs> I never missed a lick. Now, 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 and so I get done, and I stand up, and I said, called the, the lady by name, Mrs. I said, that was a wonderful. Now, I've got this big. <laughs> yeah, a little crude, just a little crude. Uh-huh, yeah. Hamburgers and french fries, that's where we came from. Taters, you know, we had a lot of taters. Then sophisticated folks, and you know, it always, it's still the day at Tiffles. I, folks, I have sat in palaces with kings. I've sat on gold furniture worth hundreds of thousands, maybe, of dollars. And every time I think about that 16-year-old kid with that steak... <laughs> And here they come out with the white gloves. I'm going, ho, ho, ho. They seat you. They take the napkin, tie it around. They stand one on each side of you. Would you care for this, sir? Let me serve this to you, sir. And about half of it, I don't even want to do <laughs> Most of it, I, I, I feel like I want to throw up after I taste it. And then you go from that to the jungles of Mindanao in the Philippines. And me and my friend that traveled with me sitting there, and we're having this meal, and they, they, they serve in a soup. Well, you got to remember, it was Mindanao, way back up in the jungles, where you got a handful of rice every day and whatever meat they could catch or steal out of somebody's yard. And I think you've heard me say, I've eaten rat, not knowingly. I have, I have eaten monkey, I have eaten dog, and I've eaten cat, none of which I like. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you. To get all that, you can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible.
Thank <laughs> you. 